Second hour, Darren Donnick and Chase on this Monday morning. Hope everybody's having a good start to your week. Lower temperatures. A little wetness in the air today. I think it's supposed to move out this afternoon, but rain chances this morning. Don't forget Smashville Live, Preds fans. It returns this Wednesday. Brew House South, again in Cool Springs, located at 1855 Galleria Boulevard. That'll be from 7 until 8 p.m. This week's guest, Kyle Turris and defenseman Dan Hamus. First 50 people will have an opportunity to get an autograph or a picture. Smashville Live is brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, and Red Spirits and Wine. Hope a lot of you make your way out to Cool Springs to take that in this Wednesday. Kyle Turris and Dan Hamhuse, Braden Gull from Morning Drive will be there. And uh, good show. Yeah. A lot yeah, of fun. That'll be cool. Got to talk to Kyle Turris the other night after uh, after the loss. So thought he, um, you know, he's he's getting some good looks. So I, I feel like it's a matter of time with that new line that he's on that he's going to break through. I, I've liked some of the things I've seen, especially with that power play unit. I think he's been good on that. So it'll be good to see him Wednesday night. Uh, Hal Gill said in post game he thought it was the best game he's seen in a while from Kyle Turris. I would agree with that. And I I agree wholeheartedly as well. Jake Gruden has been relieved of his duties after six seasons in Washington. Thirty five forty nine and one. Thirty five forty nine and one was his record in Washington. One playoff appearance, a loss to the Packers. So Jay Gruden has uh, is the first coach to be shown the door in the NFL. I think others will follow. This year, I just think Jay Gruden is the first. Mm-hmm. First of probably many. Yeah. Dan Quinn probably next. I like have you were to believe saying. Dan Quinn is is the next up on the docket. I um, really do. I just, honestly, since that Super Bowl loss, they mm. just have not been the same. Never. And re-run. now their defense is just atrocious. Got a lot of teams that are defeated. <laughs> They're in the Ofer column right now. I'm starting to wonder is Tomlin going to make it in Pittsburgh? Hmm. I, I've been saying for a while that I thought this could be it for him because things have seemed shaky. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of it depends on his relationship with Roethlisberger because if if you're Roethlisberger and you've said after the injury you're going to come back, you're going to play out your contract, and, you know, the ownership is like, hey, we're going to make a coaching change. I mean, the, if you're Roethlisberger, do you go, do I, do I really want to go through that? Yeah. I mean, it's good a fair, point. Yeah, it's a fair good, question. Good point. And so I, I think that that's something that you have to look at, um, you know, that the Rooney family will have to have to kind of look at. But, you know, I'm with you because right now the best two teams in that division clearly are Baltimore and Cleveland. And, you know, even though uh, Baltimore, it took overtime yesterday and then a field goal for them to win it, they still got the win. They're three and two leading the way in the north. So and I know a lot of people believe Baltimore is going to win that division. So. You might be right. At one and four, this could be it. And then you have um I can't even remember the guy's name in Cincinnati. <laughs> Ellis, Zach Ellis, is that his name? That took over as the head coach. I mean, that's a woof. That yeah. looks horrible. First year, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. I, I think if you're looking for something positive, I guess, and we're trying to find something positive, is you can make the case, you know, all this good to great, which, you know, is gonna blow up in their face. That's that was just not a good idea. But it's hard to be great in this league. Yep. And when you look around week to week, 
You tell me if you can. How many teams are truly great? We just told you the Chiefs lost at home last night to the Colts. This is the same Indianapolis team that lost at home the previous week to the Raiders. Hey, the Raiders are three and two. Indy lost <laughs> to the Raiders at home and then turns around on Sunday night football in Arrowhead in a packed house yep. and beat the Chiefs. The league and is And hold them to thirteen points. Now I know Mahomes was banged up, but you know, whatever. He played the whole game. They held the Chiefs to 13 points, and they've been averaging about 40 a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, you cannot slow them down, and they did it. Yeah. Just look around I mean, the league at so what happened. Just the Raiders. So inconsistent. I mean, uh, the Raiders, like you said. Three and two? They go to London. They beat the Bears. Yep. All this stuff about, hey, you know, Chase Daniel, that may be a better option than Mitch Trubisky. Mm. Well, how you, you still feel that way? Yeah, Chicago still, three still and two. Still feel good about that? Right, a lot of people were saying that. It's just you, you just look around and it it's hard to make sense of some of the stuff you see on a weekly basis. The Panthers are undefeated with Kyle Allen. They're undefeated mm -hmm. and look like world beaters right now without Cam Newton, an New undrafted quarterback. Yep, New Orleans continuing to roll with just Teddy Bridgewater continues to win with Teddy Bridgewater. Like, how do you explain that? How do you explain next up for the Titans, the Denver Broncos, 0-4 on the season, at home hosting the Chargers, and they, they beat the Chargers. And, and actually, the, char the Chargers were crap. Anthony Lynn is one to watch. Yeah. Because they, they, they were a sexy, were the sexy pick. pick. And you're right. If they don't make the playoffs, I don't think he makes it either. And he said yesterday, they, they're not going to beat anybody playing the way they did. So... I mean, who predicted the Broncos to beat the Chargers yesterday? Who predicted that? I mean, how do you explain the Packers going in to Dallas and just annihilating them? Now, Dallas made it interesting, but if you yeah. watch the game, Green Bay was in control the entire game. They were. Yeah, they were. Uh, it just, I think, I think Dallas is good, but I mean, right now Philadelphia is holding on that to that division. So, so. I guess what I'm saying is, how, how do you, who's great? I mean, who truly is great? San Francisco the sitting there at three zero. <laughs> the Forty ers uh, Seattle at four and one. I I don't know. It's the take. The Texans hang fifty three on the Falcons, but the Texans were coming off a loss at home. Yeah. To Carolina, the I Jags finally I, stumble. New England is probably you put New England and then well, you. Have, I, I I understand that we. We know they're the exception, but who else? Like, who else is great? Or is there just weeks where you're like, okay, what? I mean, Dallas, we just, we, the first three games of the year is like, oh my goodness, the Cowboys, and now they've dropped two in a row. Would you say New Orleans is really, really good? Yes. I would say they're really, really good. I, I like the makeup of that team on both sides of the ball. And Teddy Bridgewater has kept it afloat, he's winning. So I would say they're probably the closest. Okay. In Kansas City, okay, I, I still are, put Kansas of course, City up there. Of course, They are, but they just lost at home to Indy. They, they did, but, but you're right. Quarterbacks banged up, so, so you have to let factor me, that in. Let me put it here a little bit closer. Let's let's trim it down. Who's great in the division? Oh, there is not a great team. Give me a, a great team in the AFC South. There is not a great team in the AFC South. I don't think. I think which, like I said, if you're looking for some silver lining, if you're looking for something positive today, 
if if everybody agrees with that statement, and I think right now it will be hard to disagree, nobody's great in the division. I think, so, I think there are four decent teams right now. Okay, but here is the problem. Who's better? Okay, I'm gonna let's play the who's better game. Okay. Texans or Titans? Just your opinion. Five Texans. Five games. I think the Texans are better. Texans. Colts or Titans? Colts. I think most people would pick that too. Yep. Jags, Titans. Mm. That's a t- that's a toss up, but I'll give the Jags an edge because they won the game. Right. And, then, and then there's the problem, right? And yeah. so all the feel good stuff of well, nobody else is, and then you go right. you play that game, and it's like yeah, but I think the Jags and the Titans are closer together than right. The other and most people believe those are the bottom two teams, right? Which they are right now. Tristan and Brentwood. Tristan, what's up? Thank you. I think the offensive line, uh, the center Ben Jones, is causing some of the problems. He was guard at for the Houston Texans, and uh, the Titans uh, need to put him at guard instead of keeping him at center. And uh, Marcus, uh, like, he needs to just sit on the bench and let uh, – we need to uh, let Ryan Tannehill start. And, um, like, Adam Humphreys is overpaid too much, and uh, Roger Staffile is uh, awful. And so uh, we just start getting a new center and – Yes, and our defense looks great, but our offense is sometimes up and down. And uh, Delaney Walker looks like he needs to retire. And Delaney Walker yeah. looks uh, like he needs to retire. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think they're using that. him. All right, we'll hit on some of those things on the other side. Thank you for the phone call. Because some people will say, is it time for a change of quarterback? We'll discuss on the other side, Vrabel's press conference at the bottom of the hour. More coming on Darren, Donick, and Chase next. Thank you, Jordan. Mike Vrabel at the bottom of the hour. Vince Ferrara at high noon. We head east. Go to Knoxville. Back here on Darren Donick and Chase. Darren McFarlane, Chase McCabe. Max Hers behind the glass. Willie D doing a little predator's duty today. A little luncheon. Nashville Sports Council. Lexus Lounge. I'll be back on the ice tomorrow night at Bridgestone against the Sharks. I'm digging Dio. Preds and Sharks. Good job, Max. Little Ronnie James Dio. All right, let's let's talk a little bit about one of the things that Tristan brought up. Because other people will say this too. When Tannehill was brought in, it was all for, well, we know he's going to get hurt. So what do you do if Marcus is not hurt all year, if he actually stays upright and healthy? They're two and three. For the people that think there should be a change, what do you think is going to change? I guess. That would be my question. What do you think is going to change? Because right now we're talking about a kicker that couldn't hit the broadside of a barn yesterday. So nope. he goes 0 for 4. I suspect they'll be in the market for a new kicker. Uh, I saw Delaney. Oh, and Mike, Mike Vrabel says we still have confidence in him. So I don't know. Well, Delaney Walker said after the game, when you miss those kicks, it's tough. But I think they pay him a lot of money to make those kicks. Yeah, I know. We We have that. I think we have that. I feel bad for him, man, you know, uh, when you miss them kicks, it's tough, but uh, I think they pay him a lot of money to make them kicks, so at the end of the day, it's what it comes down to. I feel bad for him, man. I, I have no problem with him saying that, because he's absolutely right. Well, I suspect that they're going to be in the market for a new kicker. I don't, I mean, I, my rebel can say that all at once, but the, you can't. 
I don't know how anybody could really feel confident mm-hmm. about trotting him back out there again on Sunday in Denver. So I suspect they may be trying out kickers mm-hmm. this week. You've got an offensive line that's a hot mess right now. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we, we already, we've talked about Saffold has graded out horribly. Uh, there really hasn't been really any bright spots for the most part. Uh, Nate Smith made his first start. What did you think of Nate that? Davis. Nate yeah. Davis. Um, Nate Smith. Where did I come up with that? I think he's better than Jamil Douglas. But you he's think a Nate, Nate Smith or Nate Davis? Nate Davis. But he's a rookie. Or do so. you, are you willing to say both are better? Uh, they probably both are better. You know, I, Jamil Douglas. Ooh, so what's going to change on that no, front? And, and no, I, ma- no matter who's under center. So if that continues to be a problem, then what changes? What did I say... Marcus Mariota was earlier in the show. One-dimensional. One-dimensional. Is Ryan Tannehill two-dimensional? I don't think so. Probably. We've talked about more of the same. He's, a, he's kind of the same type there, of player. There are a couple of differences maybe. And and look, this is coming from somebody that a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the, the Jacksonville game, I said at halftime, like, hey, maybe you think about it. But at that point, it was nothing's working, so let's change it up. But at the same time, Ryan, I don't know if he's any better with this group, with what they have put together right now with an offensive line that is shaky at best. Is Ryan Tannehill really going to be much of an upgrade? I, I don't know if it changes much. And so it's like I go back to yesterday. I don't really put that on Marcus Mariota. He's taking care of the football. He's He is what he is. He goes through his reads. If the first read is there, then great, boom, you're good. And if it's not, then that's where you run into trouble. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill really changes that. I don't know if he's one-dimensional. I think the better way to put it is he's he's a one-read guy, one-read quarterback. Okay. One-dimensionals. I mean, he he can make plays with his legs. He he has that that he can add. So, yeah, one-read is probably a better way to put it. But, again, isn't Ryan Tannehill kind of the same? Yeah, so I don't know maybe really what... He, maybe he has a little bit better of an arm. I I haven't really broken it down, but I, I don't really know what the, the big difference would be at this point. Also, Adam Humphreys was brought up. Right now, mm. at this point, mm. through five games, four catches, 30 yards, $9 million a year. Mm-hmm. Been worth it? Nope. It's funny, Tatum Everett from Fox 17 sent me a text and because she, she's listening and said, you know, everybody wanted to hate on the Cam Wake signing, but everybody loved the Saffold and the Humphrey signing and what's worked out better. Yeah, that's a good point. Cam Wake's been great. Uh, now, I think some of it with Humphreys goes back to Marcus's deficiencies and they're just not using him right. I think I think there is some of that. Because for the most part, when they throw the ball his way, he's making the play. But, I mean, if you're going to have a, a a slot receiver like that, that is, you know, where everything I heard about him was it, he was supposed to help on third down. He was going to be the guy on third down. Now, that's more of a third and four, third and five kind of situation, which they went to him yesterday when they were at third and manageable, and he got the first down. But when you have these situations where they're constantly in third and long, then he doesn't really help you because he's not that deep threat. So some of that is just on the team and not necessarily the player, but I I agree, $9 million a year, 
and that's all you're getting out of them, you you got to do something more. It was disappointing because the Bills weren't even that great. They just no. weren't. They weren't that good. They were like, please beat us. We don't want to win this game. And you gave up touchdowns to Lee Smith, who's really a closer, you know, <laughs> and, and and Duke Williams. It's like, who? Duke Dude, Williams they and just Lee signed, Smith. They just signed him on Friday. Who, people are Googling these guys. Who? They just signed him from the practice Who club. just scored? It's just, uh, that's, that's what's disappointing. Curtis, what's up? Hi, Curtis. Hey, um, well, as y'all know from me calling in every week, I am a big Bucks fan. <laughs> so I wanted to make a comment about the Humphreys deal. Um, you know, for the past three years, Humphreys averaged 800 yards or more a season. Maybe Humphreys isn't the problem. Maybe it's the guy throwing him the ball. You know, maybe if somebody, I mean, if you can actually throw the ball and not try to make one read and then either get sacked or just throw it away, you know, he would probably be doing a lot better. I think if anyone's disappointed in that signing, it's probably Humphreys for chasing the money. But that's just my opinion. Y'all have a great day. All right. You too. Thanks, Chris. Uh, I don't, you know, it's going to be hard yeah, to argue that. It goes back to it's a perfect storm because I watch Marcus, and, and obviously I'm not a quarterback. I, I rely on a lot of people that have played football or played the position, but how it's been explained to me and how I see it is he doesn't have time, and he's a type of quarterback that you know some of the best, they get rid of the ball just like that. They, just, they don't need the time. They see one read, two read, three read, boom, out. And they get rid of it. He can't do that, and he doesn't have an off. He has an offensive line that doesn't give him any time, so he's he's rushed. And it goes back to if that first read is there, he's good. He's great. He's fine. But if it's not, then he doesn't have time to find the other one before he's either trying to throw it away, scrambling, or getting sacked. I think the thing that's also jumped out of me that is disappointing is I thought he would help the the return game, the punting. Yeah, that's been nothing. Nothing. Is it better than Adoree Jackson? Yeah, I guess no, by I default. Mean, he, I mean, he did fumble yesterday. He, did, he didn't lose it, but you know, he just there's just nothing. They got nothing when it comes to returns. I mean, nothing. Mm-mm. I think that's what's been dis. I thought he would help out because I, I just I, I've I've been on record for a year now saying it's just for whatever reason it's not going to work for Adoree Jackson when it comes to punt returns. It's just not going to work. I don't know why. Yeah. So I was excited to see if. He could bring a new element, and hasn't been much there. I, I know that return is not what it used to be in the NFL. Punt return, kick return. I, I just know it. it's not as big a, a part of the game anymore because of the rule changes. But you can't – I just feel like they But just, if you go into it, like I feel like everybody goes into it going, just please don't fumble. I'm like yeah. That's like a terrible way to go into it. Just please don't I fumble. Just feel like, like I don't care no what you emphasis. do, just don't lose the ball. Yeah. It's like, Really? I just feel like nobody cares about it anymore, and I'm like, it's still there. Still I want to talk to all it. the men out there. I've been telling you for years about my friends over at Cool Springs MD, and you know, they know. A lot of you have started to seek help for hormone deficiencies and imbalances, and Dr. Jeffrey Lodge, who is the board-certified physician over there, is front and center on helping you out. His wife, Daphne Lodge, the registered nurse, and their experienced staff, they want to give you men the treatments that are required to improve your quality of life. Who doesn't want that, especially the older we get? Their services have already helped a lot of you here in the Middle Tennessee area with improving your immune systems, your energy levels, your cognitive function, and so much more. They're there to connect you with the medical care you require to have a healthy and enriched life. If you want to achieve that healthy lifestyle, what are you waiting for? 
pick up the phone, make that appointment by dialing this number, 615-486-3458. Once again, that's 486-3458, or you can always visit their website, coolspringsmd.com. We'll monitor whenever the head coach, Mike Rabel, heads to the podium. See what he has to say after the 14-7 loss to the Bills. On to Denver, to Mile High City, to take on the Broncos, who come off their first win of the year. Yeah. Flacco actually looked pretty decent. Vic Fangio. I like him. Mike Munchak. Yeah. On that staff. Remember, leaving Pittsburgh in the offseason to join Denver staff. Actually interviewed for the head coaching job mm-hmm. and ends up going as the O-line coach. And I've seen, you know, in looking at odds that That I, never I like happens. A guy interviews for a head coaching job and then joins the staff. Never happens. Oh, wait a minute. Matt LaFleur. That, yeah. that happened here. <laughs> um, I, I've been looking at odds and everything of, you know, coaches to get fired and then the next coach of a certain team. Munch's yep. name has been coming up. I've been seeing his name on as somewhere else. Yeah, to be a head coach. Really? So I have seen that. I don't know if that you know if that's what he wants or if that happens. You know, I I don't know. But honestly, I don't think that'd be a horrible decision for the Falcons. Mm -mm. I agree. Look, Munchak inherited a a tough situation here, but they went. What was it? Nine and seven. His first First year. year. Mm Hmm. Um, you know, coming out of a lockout, you had a rookie quarterback, and then you had Matt Hasselbeck that was in for a year. Made a pretty bad decision at offensive coordinator with Chris Palmer. Well, yeah. once again, bad <laughs> timing on the hire, and there wasn't you know a lot to choose from. Yes, I would say if there was definitely a knock on Munchak, it was his staff. He could have hired a better staff. They, um, that Palmer, we know Jerry that, Gray that, was, was the. There was yeah, it was just not. Not good. They brought Not Greg good. Williams in. All right, let's head over to St. Thomas Sportsbook. Here's you know, the, Mike The Vrabel. biggest thing that you have to do is you have to understand that we all have a job to do, and you have to coach and you have to play the game, um, I think, with that idea in mind and that you're, you're, you're playing the situations. Um, and, again, I thought that he kicked a good one um, earlier that we did not protect very well, and I felt like he put a good uh, swing on it, which would have been good. We, we were we were soft inside, and so um, in thinking that I was was looking at him and felt confident that he'd go out there and make it. I mean, we don't we don't have the luxury of of having hindsight and, and dealing with those types of things. We all make decisions um, through the course of the game, players and coaches. Um, and again, we just have to try to do the best job that we can to make the right decision. Do you weigh with- analytics into that decision at, at that time? Are you, do you have a numbers guy telling you this percentage? to go for it on fourth and this percentage to make the field goal? Um, yeah, we, we know those numbers. We're very aware of what those numbers are and that I think in the NFL, um, we, we all expect field goal kickers uh, to make 53-yard field goals. I watch all the games just like you guys do. Coach puts a guy out there, he makes a 50-yarder. Right? And I think that that's part of the pro football. And you know where you're at as far as you know fourth and six. You know, I didn't. You could kind of see where we are on third and six and figure it out where our percentage would be on fourth and six. Yes. So does that help you with the analytics? I think we were 
three of 14 on third down yesterday or whatever we were. I think that's whatever percentage, and we didn't do very well on field goals, so that was the percentage there. I think we got to do better. You know, we got to do better special teams. We got to do better defensively in some of those critical situations. And certainly we have to do a better job of stringing consecutive positive plays together on offense. I mean, we, we had them, but we just, there were too few, few and far between to, um, to get anything going. I mean, we, we have three plays in a row that get us down there and we talk about fighting through the fringe and, and then we stall for whatever reason, you know, an execution or a penalty. And you know, I, there were positives, too many negatives. And, but we, when we talk about the keys each week and we told the guys that, hey, when the Bills get down there, they're, you know, they're five touchdowns and only seven trips. They didn't, the offense hadn't gotten down there that much. But when they got down there, they have some pretty good scheme plays. And as you can see, you know, that was really the case again yesterday. They didn't get down there that much, but when they did, you know, they got us on a couple play passes. You stuck with him and it bit you. You stuck with the Dory for a long time and it bit you. Where's the line where you give up on a guy and seek a, a, an alternative or take a different approach? Well, we only have one kicker, you know, so we're trying to execute uh, the game and score points um, there. Um, you know, Dory was our punt returner. I mean, that's what he was drafted here to do. He was drafted to play corner and return punts. And uh, so, again, we, we have to be, you know, accountable for our actions, both mine, the coaches, the players. We have to improve. We have to do things that, that help them improve and then, um, and then make decisions on who gives us the best chance. Do you think we'll be looking at kickers tomorrow? You know, I think John and I are going to meet here at 12 o'clock go through the roster like we do, go through injuries, uh, and, and we'll talk about that, and we'll decide there. you think it was a technique issue with Cairo or a confidence issue at the end, or what, you look back at the kicks, where, where do you think the problems were? I've done a lot of things. I've played a lot of different positions, but, but kicker's not one of them. So um, however they go in, all the swings look different. As long as they go through the middle, that's the most important thing. That's all we care about. They're obviously a very talented Every situation, there's possibilities for different things. You know, we can come back and say we could punt it. Um, we could go for it. Again, there's a lot of different situations and possibilities for, well, we could have ran it. We could have ran the ball. We could have played zone instead of man on third and four, but we decided to play man and they got a conversion. Um, we, we could have blitzed. So we could, you know, there's a lot of things that we could have done. Um, but, but we made a call and, and we went out and tried to execute it. Didn't, didn't do a good enough job of it. They're obviously very talented up front Buffalo, but how much of Taylor and Roger not having live reps together maybe affect their um, – You know, my, my hope is that there was a lot of training camp reps and that, uh, you know, guys that we, um, you know, feel like, you know, need to do their job have to probably do it better going forward. Why accountability for actions? With Sappold, who has probably had a lot of plays that he'd like back early in the season – how long can you keep going with that in hopes that he'll be the player you paid him to come in and be? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what you do. You know, that's what you do in the league. You, you, you make decisions, um, and there's been a lot of uh, good football, and sometimes there's been plays that he's liked to head back, and i got to find out, and we have to find out if that's, um, you know, lapses in focus, concentration, 
not getting the snap count, not getting off on the ball. A lot of times when you watch offensive linemen, even if you look at Nate or Roger inside, um, when, when they're getting off on the football, on the snap, you know, they're getting in their guy. Sometimes in pass protection, if you're a step late, um, they're getting into your chest. And so you know, we have to find out where that lapses um, are coming from and what's causing it because you know, we need to fix it. Uh, we, we have to help our quarterback. Um, we, we have to improve in, in a lot of phases. But how long can you go on with the we need to fix it before it becomes too late and then you have to make a decision to fix it? Well, right, you know, we, we feel like he's one of our obviously best five linemen. And so um, you know, we, we have to find ways to fix it. And to this point up until, you know, again, there's been a lot of good things. And yesterday, you know, there were some plays that we'd like to have back in pass protection. Inconsistency has been a problem around here for a long time, which seemed awfully tone deaf to the idea that he was paid big money to come in here and help solve that issue. Would you like a guy who's making huge money to come in and help solve a longstanding problem with the team, say, hey, I'm here to fix that, rather than saying, hey, that's been a problem here for a long time? Uh, I would like all our players, regardless of what they make, uh, to do their job and, and improve. That's what I would like them to do. You said yesterday that the result of the game is not going to change how you guys approach this week. But when the same mistakes keep repeating and the same situations keep repeating, does there come a point where you do need to change how you approach things? Uh, well, let's talk specifics as far as situations, and I'll maybe walk you through some of those. Okay, the pass protection problems. It's been for the last few weeks the same five guys for the majority of the time. Does there come well, yesterday in the last couple of weeks, we've got Taylor back yesterday. Nate, Ben's our center. Um, now we have an opportunity uh, to, to look and evaluate and see if um, Dennis can help us. Um, you know, and then um, and then try to fix it and try to get the ball out when we have to and, and get run better routes. And there's a lot of times where the protection breakdown is there. There's a lot of times, not a lot of times, there's times where that happens. There's times where the quarterback doesn't get rid of the football. And there's times where, um, you know, we have to get open sooner. So those are, there's a lot of different things involved. But I think now, and we can certainly look at doing some of those things, but uh, up until a couple weeks ago, we, we had you know, some moving parts and we had some injuries. And uh, we get Taylor back and we got to get him going. He's got to play better. Um, and they all do. And we have to coach and, and play better, but uh, you know we'll we'll try to look at a lot of different things. Do you, think coach, bottom, do you think that you guys respond well after wins? Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure how we respond. I know we come in here and we practice and we prepare and we move on to the next opponent. Um, that that's always been my you know singular focus. It'll be to get these things corrected as soon as we possibly can, and, and to get on to Denver. Um, because we, we can't change the outcome of yesterday. We can only hope to, to change and fix, you know, some of the performance and some of the execution. So um, we, we don't dwell on a whole lot of on wins very long. Uh, and we got to do the same thing, uh, unfortunately, after a loss. Do you think you coached too emotionally at times? You said after the Atlanta uh, when you went for it the day after, in hindsight, that, that you should have kicked it to get the three-score lead. 
yesterday, it, it seems like it would have been a wiser decision to, to have gone for it when you're sending on a kicker who struggled all day. Are, are emotions at play as you well, I think everything we do, I think that there's, um, you know, emotion involved, but I'm trying to make the, uh, the, the best decision uh, for the team. And, you know, again, we can sit here and look and say, well, you know, we, did, we didn't get it. We didn't pick up the fourth down. Our foot was across the line. We had a penalty. We, we missed a kick. Um, you know, I just don't think that you have the luxury to do that, nor do you want to. You know, you got to make a decision and, uh, and, and get the players uh, a call, one that they know and they're confident in and that uh, they can execute. What's the biggest difference between you guys last year and through five games this year? I would have no idea. I would not even want to attempt that. All I'm trying to do is, uh, is get guys in here today at 1230 and, and find out about the health of the football team, make corrections, uh, get it fixed, and, and find a way to beat Denver. And that, that, that's all I can tell you about this year and last year. Um, I just would not even want to even consider that. A lot of deep balls downfield yesterday for you guys. Does it make it more difficult when there's a lot of pressure on the quarterback to get some of those deep passes off? I mean, come on. You're better than that. Like, I mean, does it make is it, is it hard to throw the ball deep when they're, when they're rushing the passer? Yes. And his short answer, yes. Well, I mean, I think that this is, uh, you know, coming in, we, we had a lot of respect for their defense. And uh, the consistencies there, um, you know, when, when you get off to – when you rep a play all week and, and you hit it early in the game and there's a penalty, um, you know, that, that, that drive ended pretty quickly, you know, first and 20 to first and 25 to, you know, whenever Brett's ready to send him out there to punt. So – you know, we'll continue to try to find opportunities down the field uh, to try to have um, Corey and AJ and, and Tajay and, and really whoever to, to be able to make those plays down the field. Looking back at the penalties from yesterday, what did you think about them as a whole from the team discipline-wise and specifically Marcus on the beyond the line of scrimmage when you saw it on film? Did you think they got it right? So am I going to – got to answer the discipline of our team and then i got to evaluate the officiating. Okay. Just trying to figure that out. Um, I think we have done a, a better job of understanding what they're, what they're looking for. And the crew yesterday, their calls were offensive holding and unnecessary roughness. And so we said – this is what these guys have been calling. They've been calling offensive hold. If they see hands around the back, especially on the eight-yard line, they're going to call it. We knew that they're going to protect the quarterbacks in this league, whether we dive over the pile, whether we make contact with them, that that's going to get called. Like That's what these guys have called. And then whether his foot was across the line, I, I, I don't know. I know that there's a guy that stands on the line and has to look over there and see if every body part has crossed that line. That's the call that he made, and that's, that's what they did. So I'm not going to argue about the officiating. I'm, I'm going to just say that's what he saw. Uh, we had the luxury replay, and it stood. So that, that's where we're at with that. As far as the offensive line is concerned, for the last two years since you've been the coach, it's, it's been inconsistent. And you change guys out, bring in a big free agent, draft somebody relatively high. 
You've got an all-pro or a Pro Bowl left tackle, a guy who was an all-pro at right tackle, and the line still seems to struggle. Where are you with Keith Carter and the job that he has done and is doing with the offensive line? Very confident. Very confident. I would say that, uh, you know, I have a luxury of watching a 19-year-old son play offensive line. And the head coach there is an offensive line coach. He's got a line coach. At the end of the day, they got to line up, they got to know who to block, and they got to block their guy. So we, we know who to block, and we, if, if we don't know, and if we're not teaching them, and they say, Coach, I didn't know what to do on this play, uh, then, then we'd have a problem. But, you know, we, 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 have to, we have to sit there and block our guy. It becomes a lot of one-on-one matchups in this league, and that's why it's great because you kind of find out the receivers and a DB. It's one-on-one matchups. It's an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. It's a linebacker and a running back. And uh, those are great things to have. Uh, and you go out there and you got to win more of those one-on-one matchups than you lose. So the protection issues are primarily individuals not doing their jobs more than anything else, the, the protection issues? Well, I think if you look at there was two times we threw hot, which the quarterback knows when he's hot. You know, if they, we go empty and they blitz a guy, you know, we're going to throw hot. And – so I think we have to make sure, like, what, that to me is not a protection issue. That's the quarterback knows he's hot, and he's, he's throwing it hot, and he's going to try to throw it there, and we gotta, you know, we got to make sure that we catch it and be at distance for the first down. When we, um, you know, have games or twists, you know, obviously it's two guys working in tandem. So it's not always just one-on-one. Uh, it's two guys having to work together uh, to, to pick up, you know, the picks and the, the games that they're doing. Then there's other times where it's one-on-one. Then there's other times where, you know, it's protected. And, and we have to, you know, get rid of the football and throw it to the guy that's open. Uh, and then there's other times where we have to get open quicker. So, again, there's, there's a lot of things that just go into uh, it's just the offensive line or it's just this guy. Because that's what defensive players do. You line up and play defense wherever the ball's at, and that's how you coach them. If it's on the five-yard line, you run out there and you play defense. Um, you find out if they love football and they care about their team, uh, you keep coaching them because, uh, you know, it wasn't like it was all perfect over there. It wasn't, wasn't the 85 Bears for 60 minutes either. But, again, they, these, as long as they're playing with great effort and they understand that they go out and play defense wherever the ball is under whatever circumstance, um, you know, keep getting turnovers, keep looking for opportunities to hammer the ball out tip the ball at the line of scrimmage, uh, get an interception, show them that if you get a turnover, it can lead to points like it did yesterday. I'm sorry, Teron, you go back? Humphreys was brought in to help out, like help Marcus, especially on those third downs. What's your assessment of his contribution through, uh, up to this point? Uh, it's been pretty good when we've been able to be in those third and mediums, those third and you know, six or less where we can throw it to him underneath. Um, but, you know. You know, yesterday I think it would have had to been better. You know, we, there were some drops. You know, I guess the, the equivalent of an offensive lineman not getting their block would be the equivalent of a wide receiver dropping a football, right? I mean, that's probably a fair assessment. Um, so we, we have to do um, better in that regard um, to, to continue to help the entire passing offense. You said so, to Teron's question earlier, you, you're aware of the analytics <coughs> on some of that stuff. Do you have analytics guy or guys in the building 
that you talk to through the week that set things, that, that give you information that you draw on? You know, I think we have a group of guys. We have guys upstairs that help us through scouting when they're not working during the draft. You know, they help us with numbers. Um, obviously, that's part of my job and, and Stretch's job is to be able to handle those numbers and understand, you know, what we want to do each week as the game, you know, comes down to those critical situations, whether it be the clock, whether it be timeouts, um, you know, making decisions. But you don't have dedicated analytics people per se? Um, you know, I think that you could call them analytics. You could call them assistant coaches. You could call them um, regional areas. Yeah, there's a lot of different titles that you could have for guys that, you know, are able to take numbers and say, well, if we go for it here, uh, we have a 50% chance of, of making it. If we don't, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different numbers that if you go for it on the five-yard line on fourth and one, you know, that's worth, you know, three and a half points. So you're supposed to go for it because – if you don't get it, your offense is going to get it on a short field and come back. So, you know, we're, we're aware of what those numbers are, yes. How much Delaney Walker needs to be more involved in the offense? Um, I think we all need to be more involved. And so, you know, however that shakes out by, by getting open, by catching the ball, um, you know, we, every, everybody out there needs to be more involved. I think that's, that's going to be the message. Not just Delaney, not just Marcus, not just AJ, not just Tajay, all of them. Is Delaney's reduction in snaps over the last few weeks due to game flow, or is there something else at work there? No, I think that's just where you know where we're at right now with with uh, with Delaney and, and his role being in you know third down, eleven personnel, two minute, um, sprinkle him in there on twelve, try to get going on thirteen, and you know each week we're going to try to probably have a role for for each and every guy. What I care about is fixing the mistakes and, and moving forward. So I, I apologize. I haven't been up to date on the Twitter beef. I'm sorry? I'll meet with Todd here in eight minutes. So, but Mike, what would you say to the fans who, when you were hired, it was about raising the bar and raising the level and see the inconsistencies and, and want to throw their hands up and say, this is the same old times. What would you say to those fans? that we're working tirelessly to improve this football team each and every day. That when I come to work uh, to the detriment of my family, uh, I think about this team um, when I'm here, when I'm not here, uh, that we're going to improve. That our goal is to improve every day, to put guys in positions, to coach these guys, to let them uh, be in position to, to help the team and, uh, and play with great effort, play with great fundamentals, but most importantly, uh, win. Thanks. There you go. Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. We'll come back and wrap up the second hour, take a breather. Woo! That was pretty interesting. No? All right, let's just keep it here yeah. because then we'll head east at high noon. Uh, that went a little bit longer as planned because mm. this is what happens. This is what we've been talking about all morning. You, you put out there good to great, and you're two and three, and it's the same old stuff, and – Mike Vrabel got pressed today. He did, and kudos to the media for doing that because he need he had to answer some tough questions, and I know he doesn't want to, but that's a part of being the head coach. and And I thought Jared's question there at the end about what do you say to the fans because it's it's not only Mike Vrabel that has to answer that; it's John Robinson, it's Amy Adams Strunk. 
because as we have said time and time again, you said that nine and seven and a playoff win wasn't good enough, so you made a change. What is this? What is this? I mean, he it hasn't gotten any better yet. Yeah, and like I said before, I, I know. Look, it's tough. Some of these, it's not easy to get up there and answer, especially when you have to do this all the time. But the whole, you know, we have to do better. Like, how many times did you hear that we have to do better? Like, we've heard that. Like, right. everybody knows that, of course. Like, no blank, you have yeah, to do I mean, better. You know, when you miss four field goals, you have to do better. Okay. You know, when you miss five crucial passes, you have to be better. When you fumble three times, you have to do better. I Everybody gets that, you know. You lose. You have to, to do better. Everybody knows that. And, you know, to the end of the question by Jared, you know, well, we have, we're working hard. Well, Everybody suspect. Everybody knows. I mean, right? That's like I would. Who I, would? Who would think you're not working? I mean, that that's what every staff does, right? Yeah. They try to improve, and they're all working hard. But and I, like I said, I don't know what you're supposed to say because it's not easy to answer. You, obviously, there's there's frustration. But look, you brought some of this upon yourself. You you came up with that silly mantra, and mm-hmm. we've said it from the get go. It was dumb. Okay, it was dumb because it's you've put more the, pressure. Oh, there's on yourself. only one way to 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 make that work and for it to actually happen. If it doesn't work, then you get this, mm-hmm. and you're going to hear the good to great, and it's like there it it doesn't do any good. It just sound it was nice words. That's all it was, but it was also looking around, going, man, if you don't, if you're not great, then you know what's going to happen, right? You understand that. You understand if you're not great, what's going to happen? And this is what happens. You get pressed and you get asked a lot of things. And I've got to be honest, you know, the, and once again, it's tough. Like, what do you want him to say? I get that. But when asked about offensive line, Keith Carter and how confident he is, and very he confident, is very confident. I get it. He's on your staff. He's your hire. What else are you supposed to say? But it's really hard for a lot of people to understand how you could be that confident in Keith Carter and in 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 to what you said before. Good for the local media because yeah. they then turned it. Well, then fine. Then you're saying then the players are not. You know the players are not doing their job. And then to me, if that's what you're saying, head coach, then now to me the attention turns to John Robinson. Well, if the players aren't getting it done. John Robinson just signed Ben Jones to a new deal, did he not? Mm-hmm. This he off did. season, did he not? Right before signed Roger Saffold to a big deal. Roger Saffold is the guy they went out and identified and gave the big money and bring in to fix the left guard spot. Signed Taylor Lewan last year to a big deal. That would be a GM issue, Dra- would it not? Drafted a guard in the third round from Charlotte. Jack Conklin. Mm-hmm. Right now, what's the overall body of work of Jack Conklin? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm just saying all pros a rookie. If the players are, like who is it? That that's the whole thing, right? Who is it? Is it right. is it the coaching? Because Russ Graham had it at a different level. And now if it's not coaching, that's fine, okay. Then it's the players. Oh. Well then we probably need to be asking the general manager, why did you sign Ben Jones? Right. To a long term deal? Why did you bring in Saffold who's grading out horribly? Conklin, Lawan. Nate Davis, third-round pick from Charlotte. Yeah, I don't think you miss five times is is my point. Like I, I think there's there's a little bit on both sides, but there's some coaching that's 
I, I, I agree. I don't. I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Right. It's a little bit of everything. It's not t- one or the other. It's a little bit of everything. It's like I said earlier. Even though Taylor Lewan went to the Pro Bowl again last year, Taylor Lewan is the best player on that offensive line. You see a difference. There, there was an there was another level of him with Russ Grimm that I don't see with Keith Carter. I do think it's also a little. I, I once again disclaimer. Get it? He's got to answer a certain way, but to to be that adamant and just to quickly snap back of, you know, absolutely confident, very confident. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you could really say that to that level. All right, we'll come back. Third hour, we head east. We go to Knoxville. We check in with Vince Ferrara next on Darren Donick and Chase. ESPN 1025, the game.